And a warm-hearted good morning. Welcome to our Brunkman Studios where we tackle controversial issues that affect our Christian life on a daily basis. The topic for discussion this morning, extraterrestrial life, UFOs and the Bible. What does the Word of God say with this regard? Well, some atheists claim that the existence of aliens would mean that Christianity would unravel. A discovery of aliens would be a greater challenge, it is said, to Christianity than perhaps any other worldview. As the thinking goes, the existence of aliens would help prove evolution and dismantle any evidence that humans are the pinnacle of creation as Christianity tends to hold. You may be wondering why the Bible doesn't have any more to say then about God's activities outside of the earth. But if you consider the approach of the Bible, it is consistent. The majority of the Bible is spent telling a story from the vantage point of one family. You know that name, Abram. But nowhere does the Bible say that the nation of Israel, Abram's family, is the only country or the only country that God cares about. The absence of alien life found in the Bible does not necessarily mean that the Bible rejects aliens. So, do Christians believe in aliens? Do Christians reject the existence of aliens? Well, some do and some don't. The kind and shared amount of discussion from Christians about aliens and what discovering them would mean for our faith may absolutely surprise you. A well-known 20th century evangelist by the name of Billy Graham says, I firmly believe there are intelligent beings like us far away in space that worships a god. The well-known website Got Questions says the following, All this conjecture about aliens is really quote-unquote godless chatter and foolish and stupid arguments. Even Answers in Genesis says, no such thing, it is not possible. Well, stay tuned as Brunpent might have a surprising take on this question. And we'll be back with our respondents right after this. We're back with our respondents in the program called Brunpent. And I've got somebody, South African in own right, on the, the line. Her name is Rita Muller. And she's got a story to share about something that happened in 2012. Rita, good morning to you and welcome. In a nutshell, what what happened in 2012? What is the story that you'd like to share this morning? Yeah, Vainant, it actually happened in um, yeah, in 2012. I was on a flight from Berlin to Heathrow and it was early in the morning. And, you know, you, you, you typically, as you enter Heathrow, you typically keep your altitude all the way to Heathrow and then you start spiraling down until it's your time to land. And um, we were already above Heathrow. I was sitting uh, um, by the window and um, we were spiraling down, but we were still well above the clouds. And I looked at the window and I saw this silver sphere just hanging in the air. Now, I'm an engineer by trade and I know that those things aren't physically possible. And I looked at it and I said, God, what am I looking at? And suddenly the sphere popped up into the air, out of my sight, and is gone. And I look back, and I try to see who else at the windows were looking out the windows who could possibly see this. And people were either asleep or they were uh, busy with their laptops reading. 
And I sat back and I said, God, what is this? What did I just see? And I was so confused. And words popped into my head and it said, it's a diversion. That was in 2012. And uh, my husband can um, still recall that I told him about it. But I didn't speak to anyone else about it because, you know, when you talk about these things, people look at you like you're crazy. And it was almost as if God put a memory hold on me that I completely forgot about it. So uh, then in 2017, I had a very disruptive moment in my life. And that disruptive moment caused me to really start getting to know God better. And God started lifting the veil, if I can put it that way, to make me better understand his heart and his character and all of that. So I actually started a journey with God in 2017. But now remember, I've completely forgotten about what had happened. So in 2020, more or less, the whole alien agenda started coming up in America and all, you know, the movies have been going on all along. And I started struggling with God around this alien agenda. And and I remember there was a night I was awake and I said, God, if there are other worlds with living beings there, did Jesus now die at every world, sacrifice his life to prove his love for our sins and all of that from, did he go from world to world and to die? And it was like, God stopped me in my tracks. And he said to me, my son is not a puppet. And when that happened, he reminded me of what happened in 2012. And all of a sudden, he, he started explaining to me that, that these are diversions, demonic diversions in the world to move people away from God, to create little cracks in God's perfect design of this world, and slowly but surely moving people away. All right, Rita, I want to come in here and ask you, when you say, and God started explaining to me, did he do it by his word? Was it just thoughts that came up in your mind? How did God explain this? to you? It's mostly during nights that I can't sleep that God will remind me of places in his word. If I go in and look it up, then I would find it there. But it's things like Hosea, that's in Hosea, it says that my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge and because of this veil that is that is over our eyes that we don't see the truth. And then also, yeah, in 2 Corinthians, it says, whenever somebody turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away, and then he opens up the truth uh, uh, to you. And a little bit further in Corinthians, it says that we need to tear down the false arguments of every high-minded thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now, these are demonic forces, God made it very clear to me, that are high-minded and want to replace God as God. And everybody knows Ephesians 6, where it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but about those wicked forces in the heavenly places. And the heavenly places is where the demonic realm rests between us and where God sits in his throne. So now looking back at 2012, that silver sphere that you have seen, how would you describe the whole experience now? In your understanding, what happened there? So in 2012, I was not ready to understand what it was. But now in 2023, now that I know God, I feel privileged that I 
had that experience to understand it, to get to understand it, and um, to warn the rest of the world of this this agenda uh, um, that is going on with uh, in the demonic realm. And as you call it, it's simply a diversion, taking your eyes off Jesus. Absolutely. Rita Muller, bless your heart. Thank you. I know it's a long time coming. We're looking at, what, uh, almost 11 years since it happened to you and uh, you're able to talk about it. But uh, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us this morning in the Brantman Studios. It's my pleasure. Well, as promised, we've got our respondents online and certainly needs no introduction. Two well-known speakers here on Radio Pulpit, the one Reverend David DeBrain, who's got his own program here on Radio Pulpit for many years, and also Pastor Rocky Stevenson. Gentlemen, good day to you and welcome to Radio Pulpit. Let me start by asking you this morning, how... Might the discovery of extraterrestrial life, UFOs and these things impact our understanding of God's creation as described in the Bible? And I'm saying how might the discovery, because there's a whole agenda around these things. David, can I start with you? Sure. I think a lot of it hinges on how this phenomenon will be interpreted. So uh, if uh, these UFOs or certain uh, phenomena are then claimed to actually be biological extraterrestrial entities. That's one thing. But that interpretation swings the whole conversation one way. In other words, you, you've uh, assumed your conclusion before you've proved it. If they claim that these are extraterrestrial entities, biological beings that have traveled here in some kind of vehicle, then that would radically affect the Christian worldview because it would mean that there would be other planets with life, that God would have created life on them, that would raise the whole question of whether or not there was redemption for them, whether or not they are fallen, whether or not Christ appeared on their planet, whether or not Christ died for them or not. So it would immediately raise massive theological problems. Similarly, it would, it would give some credence to the, uh, as you mentioned earlier, the evolutionary agenda to say that the species have developed independently over billions of years through random mutation, and that therefore then becomes the best explanation for life in the universe. So if the uh, extraterrestrials were put forward as biological entities, then yes, that would have a radical effect on our view of creation our view of evolution, the meaning of redemption, the meaning of salvation, and certainly the primacy of man as the pinnacle of God's creation. We use the word extraterrestrial life, but the Bible speaks about spiritual forces, evil forces, heavenly uh, in heavenly places. Rocky, let's give names to it. What about the seraphim that's around God's throne, the angels, the multitudes of angels, the hosts of heaven that the Bible speaks about? Let's give them names. Can we refer to these as extraterrestrial life? Because somewhere, somehow, they must be in the universe in God's creation. What is your take on it? Yeah, definitely, Vainant. We we use different terms in our world to explain different phenomenons. And even the term dinosaur, strangely enough, was only coined in around 1920 to explain animals that had gone extinct before and then 
again, I think that's another example of where a conclusion was made or a presupposition was made by those holding to an evolutionary theory, saying that these creatures now lived so many millions of years ago when, in fact, the scriptures teach us that the world is no older than at least 10,000 years old. And so we, we have that phenomenon in the past where we coined the word to explain these things. And, and I do believe that you could use the term extraterrestrial to explain some of the angelic as well as the demonic. And we must remember as well that the Bible speaks about a third of heaven's angels having followed after Lucifer. And we also know that the devil, when he speaks, he speaks lies. That is his native tongue. He is all about deception and uh, smoke and mirrors as such. So we do have that explained to us within the scriptures. And I do think an, a very interesting passage to think about this through is a passage like Revelation 9, verse 1 to 11, where it talks there about, and, and John actually sees this vision of a star from heaven that falls to the earth. And the key of the pit of the abyss was given to him. And it speaks about that star in the the first person. It says to him. And we know that earlier on in the scriptures, we see the evil one, Satan, falling from heaven like a star. And so this imagery is not um, you know, unusual within the scriptures. But then as he opened the pit of the abyss, verse 2 of Revelation 9, and smoke went up out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke came locusts upon the earth. The power was given them, as the scorpion on, on the earth have power. So you can think about the kind of um, sting that a scorpion gives, and that's the kind of power that these creatures are given. And this is all under God's sovereign judgment of the earth. And they were told not to hurt the grass of the earth, so they're not like locusts in the way that locusts, we've known locusts, nor any green thing, nor any tree, but only the men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not permitted to kill anyone, but to torment for five months. And their torment was like the torment of scorpions when it stings a man. And in those days, men will seek death and will never find it. They will long to die, and death flees from them. And the appearance, and listen to the appearance of these locusts, were like horses prepared for battle, and on their heads appeared to be crowns like gold, and their faces were like the faces of men. And they had hair, the hair like that of women, and their teeth were like the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots of many horses in battle. And so this is an important section when you think about extraterrestrial, you have not just now this star that falls from heaven, but has been given the keys to the bottomless pit, but then you also have from below. So you have these intruders from above and from below, but you can see some of the, the way that the spiritual world begins to interact with the physical world inside of the judgments of God, which is not unusual when it comes to other, other sections within the scriptures, even the angelic that had appeared at Sodom and Gomorrah, for example. And so we do have, many a times within the scriptures, the spiritual world, which is very real, and which we don't often realize how real the spiritual world is, interacting and interjecting with the physical world 
that we have around us. Listening to you, Rocky, you make a clear distinction about, you call it extraterrestrial, but you make a clear distinction, you put them in two categories, the demonic and the angelic. Now, with regards to the uh, the respondent that we had just before talking to you, Rita Mullo, who saw this silver orb above Heathrow Airport, and she was making reference to a whole UFO agenda that started in 2020. Once again, David, I want to bring you in here. She saw this silver orb. Ezekiel chapter 1, 4 to 6 and 4 to 7, speaks about these wheels turning one in the other. Surely one could refer to that as unidentified flying objects. But then again, do we understand the purpose of Ezekiel and what he has seen there and why it is actually in God's word? Yeah, I'd be careful to take Ezekiel and, and try to make a case for um, or, or link them to what's being seen or filmed in the skies. Maybe there's a connection. It's a tentative one. It's a speculative one. Yeah, what we can say is that by now, these phenomena have been recorded. There's too many people now with smartphones filming things they see in the skies. There's too many pictures. There's too much evidence for people to just dismiss this. And I think once uh, it came out from the U.S. military, it became fairly sure that what at least some of the witnesses have been saying over the years is uh, a genuine phenomenon. This is not um, this is not made up. What is what do they actually mean, and and what are they? Well, that's where, as Rocky said, the interaction between the spiritual and the physical world uh, takes on a form that we don't fully understand. Uh, we don't really understand what these things are and why they take that form and why they appear in that way. At least part of the answer is the matter of deception. You see, if I was uh, wanting to deceive mankind into thinking that Christ is not the only way of salvation, that man has evolved from a, a puddle of gloop, and that really the universe is, is just kind of a random collection of molecules, one of the great ways to do that, particularly to a technologically advanced and, and, and science fiction saturated generation, would be to foist upon them the idea that beings have been traveling millions of light years across the universe to, to give them messages of peace and hope. This is exactly the kind of thing that you'd, you'd do. You'd say, you'd pitch up in these, uh, these craft which seemingly materialize and dematerialize that disobey the laws of physics that no biological entity could live within without being destroyed. Uh, so you pitch up in these, in these, these um, craft, and then you give this message that actually we're all spirit brothers, we're all children of the universe, and we, we all have the same cosmic spirit within us. And in an instant, you've, um, you've undermined uh, the incarnation, you've undermined the gospel, you've undermined the idea that uh, that creation, as Genesis records it, is a fact, uh, that the earth is at the center of God's cosmic redemption plan. So what are these? Well, that's where we, 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 we're puzzled. We're not sure. We definitely know the angelic world is a sophisticated one, uh, full of, of all different kinds of beings. Paul mentions multiple words to describe them, principalities, powers, dominions, thrones, uh, angels, princes. So this is a world that has an elaborate hierarchy, uh, an elaborate uh, amount of different creatures. We just put them 
for convenience under the term angel or demon, but that really flattened out uh, a huge amount of the complexity in the spirit world. All kinds of creatures, fallen and unfallen. How, how do they manifest? How do they interact? How free are they? How many are chained? How many are, are able to move about? With what means do they move about? How do they enter our dimension and leave our dimension? All of this is, uh, is, in the end, something that God has drawn a veil over. We simply don't know. So if we don't know, as always, some Christians believe in UFOs, in aliens. Some Christians don't. And with the line of thought that we're taking this morning, Rocky, the existence then, or as we call them, the extraterrestrials, surely this challenged this whole perception of humans as God's ultimate creations. Do we talk enough about it? Are we willing to face this? Are we willing to talk about it as Christians and say, listen, is this deception? Is it truly deception? Is it the diversion? What is your take on it? Yeah, I think that we, we would be foolish to not speak about these things as it is much on the minds and the thoughts and even the imaginations of the hearts of men and women. And as uh, David mentioned, you know, we have this sci-fi saturated world um, that, that has been much underneath Hollywood's spell in that sense as well. What I, what I would also uh, draw attention to, even back to that Revelation 9 passage, is that there is impending judgment coming to this earth. We have been told that through the scriptures. And what is a sad reality is that those men and women that did not have the mark of the Lord on their forehead, that these creatures with torment are not actually moved towards repentance. And that is the sad reality that we find often is the case with mankind, is even when what the Bible teaches is shown to be true, many of many of people are just hardened in their own hearts. And I, and I think that there is that deception element that we see in Romans chapter 1, where they are handed over to their own, like the foolishness of their own mind. And what I would say to the listener is, are you walking near to the Lord Jesus Christ? There are very, I don't think these things should frighten the Christian, but I do think that it should cause us to look to the Scriptures, and it should cause us to actually examine ourselves before the Lord and see, are we in Him? And are we having, you know, do we have the peace that transcends understanding because of Christ as our Lord and our Savior. Uh, there is a very real demonic and angelic world, and as has been mentioned, there's, there's, there seems to be rank and file, and there's the king, actually, that is appointed, who is, the, the, you know, from the bottomless, but yeah. the bad is his name in that section. And so you do have, um, even that, you know, you have the demons in Jesus' day asking him, have you come to torment us before our time? You know, other demons with legions saying, please do not send us into the barren places. You know, rather please send us into the pigs. And I do think there's an element of mystery that we don't quite see everything, but we have enough in the scriptures to lead us toward, you know, turning to the Lord Jesus Christ. The word of God is absolutely sufficient for us. David, what we try and achieve here is getting back to God's word, but we're well aware of, of even the evil one quoting the word back to the Lord Jesus when he came out of the desert. So there are those that says, well, what about John 10, 16, the passage in the Bible where Jesus talked about 
other sheep I have that are not of this fold. And they say, well, this is the end that it could possibly be other beings, other, as we use the word, extraterrestrial life. Is it a total misquoting of God's word, a deception, a diversion once again? Uh, just to respond to John 10, uh, I think if you, you look closely at that pas- passage, you'll see that what Jesus is doing there is he's using two words, the fold and the flock. Uh, the fold refers to national Israel, uh, and the flock refers to those who believe in Christ by faith. And the context there is a, is a, a blind man who's being kicked out of the synagogue, and so Jesus is explaining that though this man is no longer in the fold, of Israel, he he has sheep that he that now belong to him that follow his voice, and this man is part of Christ's flock. And the others that he's still going to bring, as he speaks in the future, are Gentiles, uh, non-Jews who are going to join the fold of Christ. But I think just to answer the broader question, is it possible that Christ has other people on on other planets? C.S. Lewis actually preempted this discussion many, many years ago in, in an article he wrote called Religion and Rocketry. And he, he proceeded along a few lines to ask the question, number one, is it possible that there are animals anywhere besides Earth? He then said, secondly, if yes, could any of those animals have rational souls, be spiritual beings? Then thirdly, he said, if they are such spiritual beings, are any or all of them like us fallen? He suggested, well, maybe there's creatures out there that are not fallen. Then from there, fourthly, he said, if any of them have fallen, have they been denied redemption by the incarnation and passion of Christ? Or could Christ have gone to those worlds? And then finally, in the fifth place, if all of the first four questions could be answered, is it certain that Christ's death, substitutionary death, is the only mode of redemption? Maybe there's other modes of redemption. So there you have Lewis um, kind of taking the, the thought as far as you can go in terms of could we imagine this? Could we picture this? Uh, is, is there sort of a logical, plausible case for this? And that's probably the best case you can make for it because he's at least grappling with the theology of it, that if, if you said yes to this, then you'd have to answer these other questions about rationality, morality, fallenness, relationship to God, relationship to Christ, salvation. It's not as simple as just saying, well, the, the, the universe is so big, there's so many galaxies, so many stars, so many planets, there must be life out there. You know, that's putting the, the, the cart before the horse because you're, you're swinging the argument around instead of answering the fundamental question, which is, uh, would God create moral creatures throughout the universe in the same condition as he made us, making them vulnerable to being fallen and the whole question of needing salvation. So uh, I think my, uh, my, my gut feel and my answer is that the Bible just simply hasn't revealed anything like this, that as we read the Bible on face value, it appears that God created life on earth and has centered his focus and his redemptive focus here, and then while there is a huge array of, of so-called extraterrestrial, if by that we mean spiritual beings outside of mankind, there's definitely those creatures, we just don't have any evidence that he did something like Eden in another place, that he created biological beings like us, hybrids of spirit and animal, 
and he made these rational, moral, sentient creatures in another place. Uh, and and since we we don't have anything to speak to that, we're really arguing from silence when we say there must be, there should be, there has to be. Rocky, just in closing, uh, there is an expectation, the word speaks about it, the rapture to take place in a blink of an eye and multitudes of Christians to just disappear, raptured from this earth. Could it be that there's an agenda to prepare the world from the evil one side to say, well, you know, it was just aliens removing these dudes anyway from this world, and life then supposed to go on as per usual. In closing, your thoughts on this extraterrestrial life and UFOs, keeping God's word in mind. What do we say to Christians in closing? In in closing, I think it it absolutely could be possible that that is a narrative that is being strung. But let me take us to Psalm 19. Psalm 19 from verse 1 says, The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and the expanse is declaring the work of His hands. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are these words. Their Their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their utterance to the end of the world. In them he has placed a tent for the sun, which as a bridegroom comes out of its chamber, it rejoices as a strong man to run its course. It's rising from the one end of the heavens and its circuit to the other end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of Yahweh is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimonies of Yahweh is sure, making wise the simple. And I would end with that section in Psalm 19. The heavens have continued to declare the glory of God. They speak of his glory. It's us as fallen creatures on this earth that reinterpret what the heavens are saying. And we look at it and we start to think about a heaven without God and a heaven without his majesty. And that is part of the fallen nature of man. And so there's two kinds of listeners that would be listening to us this morning. There are those that are Christians that have been born again and that have been set free from that darkness and that slavery to sin. And then there's those that have not, and that are still in the folly of their mind. And my cry would would go out to them, that you turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, and that you would then repent of your sin and believe on Him, and that you might receive the forgiveness of your sins, so that you can be set free from the kind of fear that you would have even of something like extraterrestrial life. And then you can be turned to that place as a worshiper of God, where you start to see the heavens for what they really are, a place in which is a marvelous stage for God to get all of the glory. David, your closing thoughts? The Bible does say that because man did not receive the love of the truth, God shall send them a strong delusion that they may believe the lie. So if people are going to suppress the truth and unrighteousness, and refuse what is right in front of them, that they live in a world created by an infinite God, then they can then receive a delusion. And the delusion is that there's beings all over the cosmos and that uh, there's no such thing as sin, no such thing as hell, no such thing as judgment. It will confirm them in their rejection of God and allow them to use the UFO phenomenon as a supposedly confirmatory evidence that we are not alone and that we are evolved. But if we don't hold to that, if we hold to what Scripture says, then we'll understand that there are only two realms, the heavens and the earth. There's the spiritual creatures God has made in the heavens, and there's the earthly creatures God has made on the earth. 
um, and that we are made to love and glorify God, and that ultimately uh, we only come to know Him through His Son, Jesus Christ. So I I would just uh, end with that and say, you know, do not be deceived and do not fear and place your trust and hope in God's final authority, his word. Never again can you say, I did not hear, I did not know. We've given you enough scriptures and now you can make that informed decision, even on this topic. Gentlemen, thank you so much, the Reverend David De Bruyne and also Pastor Rocky Stevenson. Bless your heart for chatting to us here at Brunton this morning.